Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 653 with our review of The White Tiger. I'm Christopher Schnacy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week in the feeds, we already had a review of Our Friend, um, so you can check that out. And now we're talking about uh, one of the latest films to drop on Netflix, The White Tiger. Um, so this film is based off a book. Um, which I believe, before we decided to the review this, Stephen, you said you have read. Um, yes. What did you think of the book? Uh, I enjoyed the book quite a bit, though. Context is important here. I I read this like while I was in India. I, I read it on a flight from Calcutta to New Delhi, and so it. I mean, I mean, I, I must have started it before, but like the bulk of it was on that on that little flight, and so I was already just kind of interested in seeing modern day India depicted in a novel at all. And especially a book that, as you can imagine, is like very darkly satirical about, you know, the, the state of society and politics uh, in India. And it, it just had lots of details that at the moment I read it afterwards, then I would like notice throughout my day. Um, like we, we literally landed in New Delhi and then had a driver take us like three hours away. And I was just like sitting there watching the driver and I couldn't like get this book out of my head. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the novel a lot. It, it is very much a kind of dark, um, a dark look at class struggles in India. Cool. Um, the, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, but you called the book darkly satirical. Do you think the film nails that tone? Um, or is that getting no. too much into... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't tip my hand too much in the review, but no, I don't think... We'll, we'll get into it in the review. I, I think the movie imitates the tone, and by trying to imitate the tone of a novel, it does not nail the tone that a novel can give you. Like... A, I'll I'll try to describe. I think it hews very close to the book in a way that does not maintain the tone, okay. because a movie isn't a book, and a two-hour movie cannot possibly be a you know seven-hour book. Okay, yeah, I, I was just curious before we get into it because um, definitely have some thoughts about this film, and mm -hmm. uh, I assume your book knowledge from it, book knowledge that I do not have, um, might be able to point to. I I hope to God that the novel fills in something that this film does not at all <laughs> we'll see we'll we'll get into it okay we probably should just plan on having a spoiler section for this too or we we can see if we can talk around it or not okay all right well for now let's go ahead and take a listen to the trailer for the white tiger and then we're going to come back and give everyone listening a review when i first saw him i knew then this was the master for me. I want to be a driver for your son. Hey, how much rope? Hey, don't do that. <laughs> hey, driver! I'm Pinky, nice to meet you. Balram, have you ever seen a computer? We had many of them in the village with the goats. The goats are pretty advanced to use computers. Okay, now you're being a jerk. I didn't like the way he had spoken about me. Since I was a boy, desire to be a servant yeah. had been hammered into my skull.
ड्राइव बलराम हलवाई आई ड्रोव द कार आई वॉज अलोन इन द कार मेड मी साइन दैट कन्फेशन They had plans. I had plans too. I want to break free from your lies. You're so self-satisfied on me. I would have to become the creature that gets born only once every generation. The white tiger. what i call myself these days i'm just one who has woken up when the rest of you are still sleeping All right, so that was the trailer for The White Tiger. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, read the description off IMDb. Uh, the epic journey of a poor Indian driver who must use his wit and cunning to break free from servitude to his rich masters and rise to the top of the heap. Stephen Miller, what did you think of The White Tiger? So this is a movie where I... I cannot separate myself from having read the novel before I watched the movie. Uh, even though it wasn't fresh in my mind, like I remembered that I had read it. And when I saw that there was a film version, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I want to check it out. Uh, but as I started watching the movie, the novel kind of came flooding back to me pretty quickly in terms of what was going to happen and what was motivating characters. Um, yeah. That being tied to the novel, it... It has positive and negative effects for me. The positive effect is I have context for everything. So, like, I'm sure we are going to talk about gaps in the film and things that don't totally make sense. And I'm going to have to wait for you to tell me what they are because I I feel like I knew too much and I couldn't unknow that stuff. Okay. Um, on the flip side, though, I feel like this this movie tries very hard to be faithful to the novel in the sense that. The novel is framed as this guy writing uh, to uh, Wen Jubao, uh, the like Chinese premier. Um, it's very much this letter where he is describing things, and his whole life and history is framed in this like forward, forward with with a few occasionally jumping forward in time to describe like being wanted and things like that, and otherwise with a kind of darkly satirical tone describing the state of the world in India and how you have to get ahead and how he became who he was. I think in novel form that works great. In movie form, what that means is this film is about like seventy percent voiceover narration and i don't think that helps the story at all i actually think that makes it feel very muddled and feel it feels less like we are watching a real person live their life and more like we are watching some didactic parable about like let me tell you what india is like like it comes off differently in a movie than it does on the page and i don't think that was to the benefit of the film um 
so kind of like our friend, actually, the last movie we just reviewed, <laughs> I feel like if it had struck to a kind of more traditional linear show, don't tell structure, then it would have been a lot more effective. Um, with that said, some of the same things that I really liked about the novel, I felt watching the movie as well, which is I we've seen multiple films like set in India or about India. Um, at least one of them is kind of like darkly referenced here, Slumdog Millionaire. But in, in general, like we, we've seen movies that are about India and they usually are either just like traditional love stories that happen to be in India or someone escaping from poverty and a miraculous thing happening to them, you know, lion, slumdog millionaire. Um, and I found it very interesting to see a film that is set in modern day India, but doesn't feel like it is like, let me teach you a nice positive lesson about India or like what can happen in India. This felt more like a, like, if like Scorsese were born in India, he would make a movie like this, where it's like, this is going to be gritty. <laughs> it's just going to be set in real places. It's going to have like shitty people all over the place. It's going to have people behaving in bad ways. I'm like not going to take the spotlight off the slums and everything of India, but I'm also not going to paint it as something wonderful and that like, oh, these poor people can reach out of poverty and that's an aspiration. Like, I'm just going to show you the grittiness of it and let it be. Um, and I just found it interesting to experience these places through that lens. Um, again, I also can't separate this from travel. Like I've spent very little time in India, but you know, like you visit a place for like a week or two and you've seen just enough that when you see it depicted in a movie later, it kind of like it resonates because like you want to be back there and you want to remember all the sights and sounds. Um, so basically I can't be objective about this movie. I think the narrative construction is not great. I think the dark satire does partly work still, but I'm aided by the book in like too many ways um, that if I were just watching this character Balram from scratch, I would maybe have no idea how to approach it. Um, but yeah, the, the parts that are supposed to be dark worked for me appropriately darkly. I cannot believe what they give away in the trailer. That makes me so angry after listening to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. In the end, I think this is definitely not at the level of like a parasite or any of the movies that might be compared to in terms of being a film that is about like capitalism and how it turns everyone into monsters. And you know, the only way to escape the monster is to be a monster in your own right. Um, but I do think it is piercing enough to be worth watching anyway. So I would I would go to bad for this movie, but only only slightly. And I'm aided by the novel, which is a great novel that you should read, even if you didn't like the movie. That's the end of my spiel. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a very very strange film, um, and it's a strange film because this description on IMDb about this young boy who's a driver needing to break free from uh, his servitude to the rich and rise to the top of the heap. None of that's fucking in this movie. Mm. This is a story all about how my life kind of turned upside down. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this is a story about a boy who is born into one cast, teaches the audience listening about what that means for him, talks about how he strives to break free 
then has one moment where he takes a single solitary action and then the film yada yada yadas to present day where he's writing this book (laughs) that will be turned into a movie and Mm. that character breaks the fourth wall he is right the character he's supposed to i mean visually he's he's kind of badass looking like i'll I'll give him that like i'm i'm sure i want to watch a different movie where he's the big bad and i want to watch him grow that mustache in real time (laughs) but yeah he's got his like his hipster mustache his like ponytail he's like decked out he and he and he just has this swagger this like really confident awesome swagger that that is is incredibly entertaining doesn't have anything to do with the film that we watched um this film is two hours, 10 minutes long or something like that. And literally the entire description happens at the two hour mark, then skips forward just past it where he, he says four lines about how he accomplished everything. And then, and then, and then he breaks the fourth wall and then people stare at the camera with him. And it, it just, I don't know who thought that is a good way to tell this story because the story you're selling me is all the choices he makes and how he actually builds an empire. But just having him say, oh, I, I, I got to get out of the chicken coop and one day I'll do it and I'll be the best and, and I'm so great at things. Without you seeing it, like, like the film is called The White Tiger. There's this parable that's referred to about like once in a generation, there is a white tiger that is born. There's no description of what that means. There's nothing that says that the white tiger is special other than the fact that it's born as a white tiger instead of a regular tiger, right? Like there, there's, no, there's no explanation of what that means. So maybe the book goes into that more, but it just feels like this is a film where it's like, it's, it, it, it's a film that does a good job of like showing what it's like to be born into this cast and how hard it is to break out of that and the things you have to deal with, even if you're, even if you're able to get a awesome job working for like this rich family it shows you like how shitty that experience is and like th- there's there's a lot of stuff that is showing that is that is interesting and compelling but none of that relates to him breaking free from anything it's really just him being stuck in that and then i think that like the guy is a dick i'm just gonna say it like he oh, is no, of course yeah he's very like you talk about having the context of the the darkly satirical nature of things that for an unread person doesn't come off as satire nothing in this film comes off as satire to me he is just a kind of a douchebag and it's you you don't want him to go through shitty stuff and you feel sorry for him and then he speaks like he he says something stupid like he 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 basically shows that he is kind of an asshole and then it's like you're like oh yeah and now i don't feel sorry for him and then he encounters the people who treat him like shit and then you feel sorry for him again but then he treats somebody else like shit and you're like man this guy's really a dick it's hard to root for him but i'm still interested in seeing how he breaks free (laughs) and how he rises at the top of the heap and it turns out that he just set it into reality and then the film was over and i think that is a really stupid way to tell a story um yeah so i i think the trailer and the synopsis did you dirty for this movie yeah. <laughs> because I will tell you right now, the book is not about someone's 
rise to power and all the hurdles they jump through to break free. That almost sounds like a thing the book would have written as like the fake summary of the feel good movie that like it is not going to be, you know, um, I, to me, the, the most clear recent comparison for this movie. So I'll take it down a peg from parasite is Joker. It's like all of the weight of, societal pressures, financial pressures that could drive a person to lose all inhibition. And like, maybe they will achieve some level of power, but the film is about what they lost in order to get there. And the fact that they rise to some level of power in the end is like an afterthought. It isn't like the thing you're building towards. It's just like the proof that everything has collapsed, you know? Yeah. Um, cause, Cause the book is similarly weighted in the sense that I think his his present day location and what he does is probably the last like three pages of the book. Like it is not meant to be like the story at all. The story is really about what are all of the, what does a person have to go through and how much dehumanizing stuff has to happen before they finally might be willing to break free from the rooster coop, you know, like but, that, but, but that the, is kind of the point of the, of the novel, not any kind of story of like how they rose above it. It's more like how you crack, you know, you crack after enough time. But, but the book is still, this book is still essentially an email he's writing to the Chinese premier though. Right. Mm-hmm. So the problem still exists for me then because he's writing it at the time that he has achieved something and he's basically saying like, yo, yo, Mr. Communist leader, I know you understand me because this is all the dirty shit that I did. And I know you like doing dirty shit. So like we should definitely work together because I'm a super awesome entrepreneur and you're coming to my country to like find entrepreneurs. And I'm definitely the best because I'd like basically just threw away everything. And I think I'm super cool now. So you definitely want to talk to me. And it, so it's like, that framing exists, right? So Right, but it is clear from like the first page that he's kind of an egomaniac and like not to be taken seriously in the book at least. Yeah, I, 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 there's definitely one scene which I don't know who edited this film, but it feels like there's either an editing mistake or I don't understand what it's trying to do. But there's definitely a cut to an encounter with the premiere and then a cutting back to him still typing the letter and I don't know what that's supposed to mean because mm. yeah, cause he definitely in, in the first cut, he says, I'm the guy from the email and then it cuts back to him typing the email. So I just, I, I don't know what was going on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that by the way, doesn't exist in the book. I don't know why they show him meeting the, you know, encountering the prime minister or premier or whatever. Yeah. And he like, does definitely doesn't know who the fuck this kid is. So. Like I, I would say the book, the book is meant to feel like if you just received this lengthy email all of a sudden from this person and like you can't look away because they're diving into something that is like very interesting and you want to know how a person became this way, but not like, oh, great, cool. I want to learn this hero's story so I can emulate him. It's just like, who the who the hell is this person? You know, who's... I'm like the premier of China. Why are they talking to me? Like they know me, but then actually saying kind of insulting things too, as they compare themselves to me. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't know. I think it flows differently than 
than maybe what the movie presented. But that I can't say because that whole time, all I was thinking is, wow, I can't believe the movie is sticking with this email premise. I feel like that won't land on the screen at all. You know, like I don't even remember what words they yeah. used. And, and, it, and it didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of like the, the closer I got to the ending, knowing how much time had passed so far, I just got more and more curious about what it was going to do. Like, like I think that if, if this film was almost exactly as it is, but it drops the conceit of the email to the premiere, it's, uh, so if, if it drops that and it ends with him on a train holding a red bag, I think this is actually a pretty decent movie. Like, mm. I think all of the other shit, this entire character, the white tiger that he like this, this, this persona he has invented, I think is real, real dumb. I don't, I don't understand why he thinks he's so cool and why he thinks he's like a mob boss now. <laughs> um, and, and it was, it's just weird that he sudden, that they just yada yada over everything that gets him to that point. Like, I understand he has a red purse, <laughs> but the film doesn't want to talk about how that equals anything that he can put together. Like, I don't know, something about that really just made it hard for me to swallow what this film is. But yeah, like I said, you drop the conceit of the email um, and you basically end the film 10 minutes before the ending. And you have an actual kind of compelling story about what somebody's willing to go to when they have a brief moment of opportunity to potentially get out of a bad situation. Um, but even, even the things that create that opportunity though, feel very strange. Like, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff. If you, if you do want to have a spoiler segment, if I haven't already said too much things like I, I could talk about it a little bit more, I guess, but I, I just no, yeah, found we can, this. We, we can do a brief spoiler section. Yeah. That, that's yeah. interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I, I, like all that being said, I found the general tone of the film beat to beat really entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. As much as the other stuff. All that said, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I just mean that like, like I, I had like usually I'm listening in headphones, but I had this one because somebody was watching it with me. Um, I had it playing through like the home pods and stuff and just had it cranked out pretty good and just like every little like music beat in between the scenes like it just had like a really good groove going to it and you kind of just it it feels cool (laughs) like like they nailed they nailed the style of what they were trying to show right like from all the transitions between each scene and like the going from place to place felt kind of like oh yeah i'm 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 digging this this is cool um but it's just the individual beats of the story um that that kind of bugged me and then like the main thing that is in the trailer the thing that you said like i can't believe they actually showed that in the trailer kind of doesn't seem like that big a deal like it seems like that is the entire thing that puts the story forward in motion but it's kind of a really inconsequential part of it that doesn't mean anything um yeah so the movie does give it less weight than the book does in the book it's kind of more of a there's a lane fear we'll we'll go into it in the spoiler section i guess um but yeah, I like I was just surprised in principle that they showed that in the trailer because it is certainly not meant to be a thing you know for the majority of reading the novel, for instance. So it, it seems like a big reveal to me. But yeah, I think the... So what do I think the... I'm just going to combine the book and movie now because again, I'm, I'm being a very bad film reviewer because I can't separate them and I'm not even going to try really. Um, 
what these are trying to do and what I think it succeeds at quite well is a depict what it's like. It's been framed as a movie about like the caste system. And I get that. I feel like it's more just poverty in general. Like the, the book at least talks about living in the darkness versus living in the light where the light is like major cities next to a big river that are like prosperous and wealthy and you have a chance of getting ahead. And then the darkness is everywhere else, you know, like the majority of the country where you grow up believing there's nothing that can happen good for you in your life. Like you will be lucky to barely make ends meet. You live where you live. The capitalists will come. They'll like take what they want from you. They'll give you scraps and you'll learn to be happy with it. And the like the whole question of like, how can a country with so many people still allow this level of poverty to exist? What, what do you have to do to someone psychologically to make them accept that condition and not rise up and revolt? I think that is kind of what the, what the movie slash book is trying to get at is like, how does this cycle work such that a few like, fat lazy fucking people can just like stroll around and exploit everyone and no one just riots um in yeah. in return and i think it gets at that at a few different ways they get, there's the psychological part of like they most of the kids are told they will be nothing in school this movie glosses over that right like the, his time in school is like two minutes in this movie or whatever um like they're told they're going to be nothing then they have a caste system that says this is exactly what you're good for they have a family that has expectations on them other people it is known that like you will threaten your family's livelihood if you ever get out of line and i think what the movie is supposed to be is like this building and building of all of these pressures. And there are characters like Pinky Madam and Ashok who are supposed to challenge you at least toward the beginning of, Oh, these people seem not so bad. They seem actually relatively good. you know? They, they care about him. They don't want him to be hit. Like they want him to be treated well. And then chipping away from that into this is how terrible they really are. Like this, how terrible even the people who thinks that they are, they are good and care about equality. This is what they would actually do when put up against the corner. Um, I think that is kind of the progression that the movie wants to do. Kind of like what Parasite does for the the wealthy people at the center, where like they seem kind of like innocent victims for a lot of the runtime, but then when push comes to shove, you see the ways that they are willing to like completely mistreat or not care about the people that they see as beneath them. Um, and so I feel like that is really the thrust of of this is like all of the societal pressures that can keep people being content with living with next to nothing while exorbitant wealth is right next to them and what what happens to allow that to exist and what would happen if someone did manage to break free from it and you know India did, quote, prosper because they learned the lessons of capitalism, but those lessons are not good, not heroic at all, and definitely not ones that you want to emulate. So that that's why I say this is, like, darkly satirical, is I don't, I think you're supposed to be terrified of this guy and his evolution of iteratively caring less and less about people around him because that's the only way he can possibly get ahead until at the end he has this belief that like he and you know the prime minister of china are one and the same because they both learned the secret to power and the secret to power is like not giving a fuck <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing is i i can't even be terrified of him 
because I don't understand what he's actually accomplished because mm. I don't see any of that, right? As far as I can tell, he's employing people and not being dicks to them. So even though he is putting to page this like manifesto about how he's happy to fuck everyone over, he's built a business that seems to treat people well and pay them right and outside of making them look at a camera with him while he breaks the fourth wall, I don't understand. Like there's, there's this, there's a separation between like, like it's like, what if at the end of breaking bad, Walter White was super stoked about his situation and super happy how the last several years have gone and was like, man, I'm awesome. (laughs) Right. And at the same time, hadn't built a drug empire and like nothing that happened in all of Breaking Bad existed at all. It's kind of like, why do you think you're so awesome? And what are you doing now? Like, I don't fear him because like, obviously (laughs) he's not going to work with the Chinese. (laughs) Yeah. So fear... Fear is the wrong word because it isn't like I think this movie makes you think, oh, no, what else could he do? This is so terrible. It's more seeing a person like lose their moral compass. Um, And to that, maybe this should just be spoilery at at a certain point. But the company, for instance, the fact that the company isn't so bad, but it also isn't good, I think is kind of the point. It's like the equivalent of when people on the left like talk negatively about the democratic party they'll say it's like you'll say the same terrible shit as the right wing but you'll do it and pretend to feel bad about it and like that this person's idea of rising above it is yeah we still like those terrible events still happen but now i nicely pay them off rather than mistreating them isn't it great isn't this world wonderful and like his idea is like, I'm the future, but that future still is shitty. Like it still isn't solving the fundamental problem, you know? Yeah. So shall we get to verdicts? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, record of the caveat, wait for rental, pass of the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? All that said, I'm giving this a wait for rental, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like a, like a positive wait for rental, like this is also close to the line. Um, I think, I think the novel is a must read. Like it, it is definitely worth reading the, the movie. I think the commitment to voiceover narration and to the email conceit and to just trying to slice and dice and show a few key highlights without letting you really get to know the characters or form any kind of emotional connection. I think that hurts the movie a lot. It makes it feel kind of like a Wikipedia synopsis in movie form rather than trying to communicate the same emotional weight that the book is trying to communicate so i I think i think the way the movie is structured does damage the story but i also think the story itself is very interesting and the depiction of india is really interesting too and i i go back to scorsese because you mentioned like the needle drop moments and the, the transitions and the way like scene to scene you are able to ride through it and feel like the movie knows what it's doing um, I think it, it like nails the style that it wants to nail. And I think that makes it compelling. I also, 
I don't think I've seen uh, Jonas after Priyanka Chopra's name before in a movie credit. So, you know, congratulations on finally marrying the Jonas brother. Um, good on you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, that, that is unrelated to me liking the movie, but it, yeah, yeah. like, I think it's fine. I think it tells the story. It's an interesting story worth telling, but it feels very much like, okay, there's a book. We wanted to make a movie about it. This is the movie that you would like show in class after everyone reads the book. And it would be like the visual explanation of everything that you just read rather than maybe a movie that is meant to stand alone. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the, the process of this watching this film was actually fun and it was entertaining I just think that the conceit of the story that is being told doesn't make a lot of sense. And the fact that they just like yada, yada, yada over what he actually does <laughs> once he decides to actually break, try to break free. Um, I, I just, it literally made me throw my hands up in the air and go like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is it just, and now it's just, oh, okay, cool, cool. I got it. Um, so for me, if I didn't say it already, it's going to be wait for rental as well. Um, yeah, I just, it was weird how fast at the end of this film it lost me. Like as far as the, the goodwill it had, it had spent to make me entertained and care about the story it was telling. And then I was like, oh, okay. So now I dislike all the narration because this guy's the one that's narr narrating it. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. It just kind of bugged me. It just bugged me. I feel you. Cool. Um, so do you want to do a spoiler segment? Let's do a brief one. Let, okay. Let's do a brief one. All right. So before we do that, let's go ahead and uh, say goodbye, everybody who doesn't want to hear spoilers. So Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. You, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash warning, or Instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to white tiger so hopefully you're enjoying that that music's playing now it is going to fade up and when that music fades out we will be in full-blown spoilers um so if you don't want to be spoiled uh then uh don't uh listen to that part <laughs> for everyone else we'll see you in just a moment All right, we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of The White Tiger. We are talking full-blown spoilers for that film. So uh, watch out. Here they come right now. Um, yeah, watch out. <laughs> Get out of the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't try to cross right now at 2 a.m. Um, yeah, so for me, I'm watching the story of a guy who is trying to survive, right? And he, he does show some interesting initiative you know with his like you know granny i just need 300 rupees and i can take this driving test and then i'm just going to like basically accost this rich family that everybody knows of and force them to see how um entrepreneurial i am <laughs> and they'll give me mm -hmm. a job and this will be great i'm i'm like on board with that 
he makes some questionably, questionably devious moves to kind of go from being the number two driver to the number one driver. I'm yeah, still the, the parasite like, maneuver. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like he's a dick, but like I understand the world that he lives in and what he has to do to get there. Um, then we have the scene from the trailer that we talked about, where um, you know the 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 son and his wife are driving into the vehicle. They hit somebody and they basically try to pin it on him. The trailer sells it as like, this is the breaking point where he's going to break bad. And from here on out, he's going to strive to figure out how he can like steal from these people, fuck them over, do something so that he can be off on his own. Um, But really, it just turns into him being worried he's going to be arrested. And then he's not arrested. (laughs) And the movie just continues on as though it's not a really big deal anymore, right? They tell him to keep the confession in his pocket at all times in case somebody gets arrested. And then he can be like, no, 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 it's me. Look, I signed this like two weeks ago. Everything's fine. So I'm a little like annoyed at this point because I'm like, really? That's yeah. not, no consequence is going to come from this. All right, fine. We'll call it a day. Then it's like, basically, if the wife doesn't insult the father of the family and cause an argument with the couple, causing her to want to go back to America leaving the husband, the son of the father who she insulted to become depressed and sad that he lost his wife. There's no chance for him to escape, right? He, it's because the condition that the guy, it's, it's, it's completely a chance of opportunity. He does nothing to really premeditatedly. I mean, obviously he decides I'm going to kill him now, but like it's when he sees him in this like catatonic state, not being able to go on where he's like, man, I'm way more entrepreneurial than you. If I had a, <laughs> a suitcase full of money, I could do all kinds of things. And it's only that then when he decides that like, maybe I should just kill this guy. In doing so, he like, like they spent two hours telling me that if you even steal a loaf of bread, they'll kill your entire family. He yeah. like laughs off while he's reading a newspaper where it's like 17 people killed in this little village. And he's just like, huh, I don't even know what happened to my family, but who cares? And it's just, it's, it's this weird tonal shift where like it goes from, from like, I'm trying to rise up within this family's ranks so I could one day maybe do my own thing to like, well, this guy's a dick, so I'm going to kill him. And then all of a sudden he's like completely evil where he doesn't care about his entire family dying. <laughs> and then it jumps ahead again to where he's running this like taxi service with with, I understand he had a, a suitcase full of money, but I'm, I don't know how much money it takes to buy a fleet of vehicles and rent office space I mean, it was and a lot of pay money. off governments. Like, <laughs> it's very, it, I'm just curious to see, like, it just, he achieves all of his dreams all at once and immediately becomes evil. It's not a slow progression of becoming a bad guy. It's just like, all right, now I'm going to do it. And I did it. And the movie's over. And also I'm a kingpin come work with me Vance, like, like whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I can see that. So a a few things there. One, I don't think the movie does a great job of communicating the, in the book, at least the accident and then him being told or like demanded that he confess to the murder on behalf of a shock 
is the breaking point or it's the thing that festers because from then on he's realizing like there's no length it doesn't matter how loyal i was it doesn't matter what i was willing to do for him they fundamentally think that i my life does not matter relative to theirs at all like they think because because he's rich and i'm not that he shouldn't have to do time for this and he shouldn't be punished and it would be a it'd be a waste of a promising young man um if if he went behind bars and in the book that is what breaks him and for the rest of the duration you know there's a strain on Ashok and Picky Madam's relationship stemming mostly from the guilt of what she did that night there's like there's him witnessing them in disgust and witnessing Ashok's behavior and feeling like increasingly bitter toward him of like, look at this guy, he's nothing if I were in his position, blah, blah, blah. And like, there's a very clear, like the shift in his thinking starts then. Like that is when he loses respect or like the glass shatters in his head. And all of a sudden, like he can see, you know, you know, he can see what the world is like and what, how these people have been mistreating him. And then it's just a matter of like finding his time and that's kind of how the book makes it sound, at least, is like he's building up to killing this guy and breaking free, not there's a blip and then he doesn't have to go to jail and then he's fine. And then later there's an argument and then that causes this, you know, it, it's kind of way more one to one of he loses respect for them in this moment and everything else is him just like slowly building up the courage to do it. Yeah. Um, I would say in terms of. I don't really remember in the movie him like laughing when he sees the story of the 17 villagers, but I do, I do know that he's supposed to be, he will assume the worst and has decided he's okay with that. And that is the kind of dehumanizing aspect, which is like the only way to get out is to decide I don't care what happens to my family anymore. Like I'm breaking, I'm breaking the wheel. I'm like not gonna, I'm not gonna fall into this trap. Yeah. And that is definitely the, the creepy thing, and as you can imagine, it's a little bit more disturbing in the first person when you've been like, when everything you've read so far has been this person's description of their life up to this point, then the buildup is a little bit more gradual of him like justifying why he doesn't care about these people anymore or why he shouldn't feel responsible. Yeah. And that that's why I think this film would be much better if it ends with him on the train saying yeah. that to himself, like, they'll probably be gone but this was my only way and I'm taking my cousin or whoever, like it was somebody from the family, right? That was mm -hmm. the little boy they sent. Cause he was there to like collect something from, I, for, I forget exactly why the boy shows up, but he's sent by the family. So it's like he saved one person with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and it's like the film doesn't want him to be like, they would have never made it out anyways. This is my one chance the deed I did means I can never stay here again. Like it's, it's already too late for them. Like it's, you could end it on a sorrowful yet hopeful, at least I made it out kind of note, but instead it's like, uh, I'm king of the world <laughs> sort of scene, which makes you once again, like he's been kind of an asshole through most of the movie. And then now he's like, literally there's nothing redeemable about him at all. And his own goal isn't really achieved because like this visiting Chinese um, chancellor or whatever he was <laughs> like is, yeah. isn't going to give two shits about him. Right. Like 
he's he's just a like crazy person who's going to accost him in the lobby of a building. So it's kind of like, what did you do this for? It's not like it should be a tragic story, right? But instead, it just feels too weird for me to feel tragically about it. Instead, I just feel like, what what is this story that I just watched? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think the movie-wise, at least, it would be better for it to just end with him getting on the platform rather than putting a bow on it because the giving it like two minutes or whatever, like it just doesn't cut it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't explain enough and it makes it feel like a movie that it isn't. So I, I agree with you. I, all I can say is I think in written form, the, the dark humor of it is more obvious. And so the fact that the ending is kind of a fizzle is like not a problem because you're kind of expecting it to be a fizzle already. Yeah. But the movie doesn't play that way. It's also weird that like the character of Pinky, like she is from the same cast as him. She made it out, grew up in America and then came back and married this like super rich guy in the family. Like she is like the thing he's theoretically striving to become, right? She, she, she's the thing that like proves that he can make it out and he can become something. So it's like, he should see that and be like, dang, I should strive for that. But then also she's like the one advocate he has, right? Like anytime anybody says anything rude, she's always to his defense, except for one time where he touches his crotch. And then she's suddenly also one of the bad people. And it's just weird that it's not like, this isn't about like little microaggressions that he's been picking up the whole time. It's literally just a sudden change where she is also just as bad as everybody else. And it kind of just, yeah, I don't know that, that, that change kind of bugged me as well. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree too. It like that scene in particular where she like chides him for like picking at his crotch is, it is weirdly played. Like it's weirdly acted because immediately after it, she becomes like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you. I'm just like, you know, you need to treat yourself better than this, blah, blah, blah. And like, it, it's like it tries to recover, but the acting in that moment where she snaps at him is very much like, holy shit, like you're being, <laughs> you're being like super mean to this guy right now. Especially um, because in the, a way that is out of character. The, the guest that she had, whoever the other woman was that was having like tea with her or whatever, that woman didn't see it at all. Like if she didn't call attention to it, like it would be one thing if if like she like made a face at him or whatever and was like, oh, I'll be right back and went to the hallway and was like, hey, like, do you notice you do this thing where you touch your crotch? Like that that would feel more in line with how her characters behaved up until that scene. Uh, but the fact that she just yells at him and calls attention to it. And then <laughs> what made it even worse is there's a scene like five minutes later where the voiceover is like, I can't believe my dad didn't teach me not to touch my crotch. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what the fuck is this? there's just a lot of weird stuff in this movie, Steven. Yeah. And those are, those are probably all details that are pulled from the book, but like just thrown in there without having whatever build up the book would have had like the emphasis on the father too, and the father's feet and stuff like that, that is in the book, but I swear it makes sense in the book and the movie seems like it just shows it without really wanting to say why or what it means or anything. Uh, yeah. So, yeah cool well that's all i got steven cool. i just <laughs> i'm telling you let's go to sundance yeah i'm hoping in some dance there's a film that i like because i'm not on a good record <laughs> for 2021 nope. so far that's true yeah yeah it's been it's been a while we'll find one 
Yeah. You can't like none of the 17 films. Even try back out. You liked like half of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there's definitely something that I will like at this festival. And uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. I guess I forgot to mention that too at the closing of the <laughs> before spoilers in this episode. But oh, well, guys, we're going to Sundance. So and by going, I Bye. mean sitting to Sundance. Because the world be at home. <laughs> Did we not? Was it not this episode that we talked about it? It was the last episode we talked about. I, it? I said it. I said it in the closing of the last episode, and I was going to say it in the closing oh, of this okay. episode too. But maybe I can just lift it from that other episode and, <laughs> and drop yeah. it in. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>